Hello, everyone. My name is Elijah Rashad Reed. I play Derek Hayes on season four of Doom Patrol, and I'm here at the Man Cave Chronicles with Elias. You can catch me again, season four of Doom Patrol, on Thursday nights. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. You it. it. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Elijah, welcome to the Cave. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, uh, thank you very much for having me. Excited times, man. Uh, listen to viewers that tune in this interview. They can see you on season four of Doom Patrol, uh, which premiered, premiered a few weeks ago. People are already going crazy over this season. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. Uh, I was doing some research on you. This is like, I always like to start off my interviews to get to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Made you get to the industry. There's not a lot of research out there for you. I know I saw that you start off in the basketball world. You wanted to play basketball. And from there, you yeah. jump right into acting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, I had acted a lot since I was a kid and my mother had, after I was identified for kind of being, you know, being kind of highly gifted in acting, I was enrolled in the University of the Conservatory at um, Cal State LA. So I got to learn how to act and tap dance and different things like that be more or less brought into the arts. But at the same time, there was kind of this duality I had within myself as an artist, but also a sport or or an athlete. So it was artists and athletes. So I went the athletic route and it took me to college. I went to the University of Puget Sound. I got cut twice, sadly, you know, it it happens, but I got pushed in the direction that I needed to go to, which was acting. And I kind of picked up uh, an acting class, I think my sophomore year, and then I kind of got the bug back. And then that started my whole journey into where I am right now. Wow. Uh, growing up, like, how did you like have an idea? This is what you wanted to get into, though. Like, was there like something you were watching, movie, or somebody on TV, or mm. just... honestly, I would say blooper reels. Like, okay. I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. When I was young, outside of watching the Titanic and Free Willy till the tapes broke, my parents told me. But I honestly was enamored with blooper reels. I always loved the after the credits, like Rush Hour. T- or even some of the Tyler yeah. Perry Medea movies, they would have the blooper reels. And it always seemed so fun. I always thought, oh man, I'd love to be on set and we're all creating this new world. But then, cut, oh my God, oh man, you know, oh, you, you got me or I missed the word. So yeah, I'd say th- that was the initial. And then later on, it became like different performances or like stories or characters that then I became so enamored by and, you know, more or less brought me to where I am. Was there a certain blooper reel I got to put you on the spot that to this day mm-hmm. it's still one of the funniest that you've seen? Rush Hour Two, yeah. straight up, straight up. There's the fact of whether it's Chris Tucker saying "cafilta uh, fish" all different ways, or I think it's they're doing a series, and it's when I forgot who it was. Man, is that Rush Hour Two or was it Rush Hour? But either way, it was uh, someone had fallen out of the building. And then it's Chris Tucker kind of like they run up and they're looking out. He's like, ooh, you know he did. Or it's like, dang, he's not making it to the next movie. And just the the continual joke after joke after joke, that is forever in my mind. Speaking of Chris Tucker, we need him to come back for another movie. I miss his movies. Yes. yes. And actually, I heard they I think they finally maybe be doing uh, Rush Hour 4. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Throughout your career so far, I mean, I want to say, like, you've been acting for a long time, but, you know, right. 
IMDb only shows you like last three, four years. What do you mm. think has been like your biggest accomplishment so far in your career? Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a big one. So far, biggest accomplishments. Uh, I mean, outside of just persevering through this entire journey, to be honest, has has been most definitely a big accomplishment for myself. I honestly, I will put uh doom patrol and a play that I, I had done right before I got Doom Patrol, it was called Emoja. And we had like, a, I think a six or seven show run. And it was a play, it was about a three hour play. It was a contemporary piece made by a gentleman named Ladarian Williams. And I was pretty much on stage 98% of the time, the whole second act um, for the, uh, the plot of the play is very emotional. And I'm going through like all these journeys of stuff to a final point of like reconciliation, but that, you know, kind of coming in every night and having to, you know, decompress, come back, you know, what is the true essence of theater? But to do that, I, I had not had as much experience to do that, but I learned so much. And luckily, right after I finished my last show, a couple of days later, I did the audition for Doom Patrol. What do you find easier, theater, getting ready for a theater play or mm-hmm. TV film? Ooh, wow. Oh, man, they, they have their pluses and minuses. Um, I think... In a terms of from a performance standpoint, I'd say theater, just because usually like it does depend, but I would say you have a little bit more time to rehearse and you actually are with your castmates and your director and you are all collaboratively creating this thing for people to watch. Whereas in television, sometimes things are happening on the spot and you have to adjust. And a lot of the other work that you're doing is offsite, you know, depending on where people are and whatnot. Um yeah, I'd, I'd say that. But at the same time, there are some really fun aspects of television and film that you just don't get in theater. I, I do like the aspects of being able to do um, very subtle nuances, like nuanced gestures, and they can be so impactful because it's on the screen, because it's magnified bigger than I physically could ever be. So, yes, I go with that. What's, a, what's, your, what's your ultimate goal, you think? Ultimate goal, honestly, to have a career that allows me to continuously bounce back between television, film and theater. I think more than anything, I I, I am an actor, an artist, you know, and, and I really just enjoy telling stories and being a part of different worlds. So whether that takes me to galaxies far, far away or, you know, I'm, I'm up in different universes, multiverses, but then at the same time, I can do whether it's on Broadway, off Broadway or, or honestly, when I grew up up in his black box theater. So if I'm able to do something like that and be able to uh, allow people a chance to, you know, wherever my career goes, have a chance to be really close and intimate with someone they usually are seeing on a screen or a television screen as well. And they they really feel it. And the, and the fact that also, you know, it's a fun challenge to, if I got to cry in this play, I can't, there is nothing else. I don't have five takes. I have to do it right now because, right. you know, you you have paid your money. You're right up front and you're like, man, is he going to do it? So, yeah, I, I, I like my career in that regard. You mentioned back and forth. Is there a place for theater that you kind of, like, you will hope to maybe even have a, do a play someday, like uh, New York, Chicago, or anywhere in the world? Is there a sp- specific part you want to hit? New York. Honestly, because that that is kind of the mecca of theater. And in all honesty, like it doesn't per se matter to me, whether it's if I would have the opportunity to grace Broadway, that'd be amazing. If it's off Broadway, still amazing. Like regardless, there is no hierarchy, at least for me, just to be able to step foot 
on because I actually have never been to New York yet. People tell me all the time I got to get out there, but to get out there and and put down my own mark, if you will, with so many other greats and and just so many, it would just be a true honor and a blessing to be there and and yeah to bring something to life and tell a story and yeah add to the uh, the conversation. That'd be awesome. So yeah, let's talk about uh Doom Patrol. Uh, exciting times mm-hmm. like I can mention about that. Uh, you mentioned earlier you auditioned for this. Uh, how were you approached for this at first for this role? Uh, so ironically, I the the scene that I got to audition for had multiple characters. So we okay. just my, yeah. So episode three had just aired last week. So you got to meet the Detroiticons. And initially, I had to read. They had a lot of the parts that were for other characters. I read for. So in my mind, I was looking at this as a very grounded and, you know, it's a welcoming home for Cyborg, but that also kind of goes awry. But that being said, I looked at season three and it was the sister of the Dada and different things were happening, but I didn't see where this very grounded scene could fit into this very crazy, wacky world. So a good friend of mine, her name's Brittany Horton, and we were kind of workshopping it and we just kind of landed on this thing of, let's just go balls to the wall. Because honestly... Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this show. I'm looking at trailers. I'm watching episodes. I don't really know how I can per se approach it. So we just said, let's just really go for it. Let's really have fun. If and I'm I'm a nerd inside, so you know, blurred. So it said, if this is you, then by all means, just blurred out. Go as far as we can push it. And then there was another part that was very a lot a little more um, dramatic, which dealt with Cyborg and Derek, and they were talking and more or less having their heart to heart. And that part, I felt like, okay, I could, I could be honest for that. But the initial, the first introduction, I was a little bit hesitant in how to approach it. But yeah, we just, to say, hey, let's just do it. Are you a big comic book fan? Or are you like, well, how does it feel to be part of like a DC universe now? Oh, it's amazing. And yes, I'm a huge comic book fan. My favorite superhero is Spider-Man. But I'd say the one comic portrayal performance in live action is uh always Heath Ledger the Joker I always love it ever since that movie I still can play that <laughs> time in time out but yeah I'm a huge 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 comic book fan I mean I whether it's on YouTube I'm looking at little details about other comics or different things like that like yeah it's an amazing opportunity to be in such a show like this for it to also be number one a comic show um Irregardless to what I might feel about with my love for Marvel, it's like, no, I, I am a comic fan supporter overall. So being on this and the in the in the ride that I've been able to go on has been nothing but man, just a dream to be honest. Now, is there a, like I don't know, I like watching like the comic shows and movies. Uh I don't mm-hmm. know anything about the comic books. Is your character in the comic books? No, he's actually okay. not. He he is to my knowledge, I say no. Uh, Derek Hayes is a new creation, um, mm. but at the same time, if, if people are able to figure it out or find it, please let me know. But to my knowledge, he is a new creation. Doom Patrol created HBO Max certified um, mm. for the to play the best friend of Vic Stone. Now, because of that, now is it easier to figure like how do you want to portray the character? Because you know, other times you know you have other actors that read a book or a comic mm-hmm. just to see how they want to play this character. Yeah. So it, it allowed some freedom for sure, mm. because the biggest thing, sometimes when you have source material, it's, it can be a plus and it's like a double-edged sword. 
you know, while you do from an artistic standpoint, you have things to jump off of and you can kind of take inspiration and say, oh, I want to add this. I want to add that. Sometimes it can hinder your creative process because you even when you're, let's just say, performing, we're on set together and you do something that instinctually might be more akin to you yourself, but you might have to think to yourself, ah, but is that in the character? Because then again, you know that there are other readers and people and supporters, fans, however you want to put it, that are so into it, that know it down to the minutia. So at the same time, like especially for someone like myself, I would be very careful or, or critical on my performance and how my portrayal overall would be. But nonetheless, to have this opportunity to more or less create my own rendition, yeah, it was nothing but freedom. And I give thanks to, well, actually one of my teachers who I got to coach with, his name's Larry Powell. And we coached a lot privately before I would get to set, which like really helped, honestly, just to like flush out the ins and outs, yeah. you know, the what's and the and so what's of Derek. What do you love about Derek? Hmm, his heart. Honestly, me and me and him, we share a big heart. We love hard. Um, yeah, outside of that, and just the desire to be of service and help, I think that is a big thing and very important. Just in general, as you know, as they say, whether it's Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility, or right. too much is given, much is received. So I'd say those two things, whether it's heart, the fact that we care uh, not only for ourselves, but for the other people around us. We want to see everybody else doing well, but also mind you, you know, if you heard us, you know, we, we are sensitive. And right. I think that too, the sensitivity, but then also just being of service and caring for others and wanting to, in many cases, put another person's well being before our own. Mm. So we, you mentioned how uh, your Vic Stone cyborg is your best friend in the series. Uh, how do you describe that relationship now between you two? It's estranged, to be honest. Um, you know, it's been about, you know, what is it, eight, ten, ten, eight years that we have not actually had contact. And, you know, just that in general, that, that you know, an entire decade, you know, so much has gone on. And it's it's like two puzzle pieces <clears throat> that can fit but they're constantly being rotated. I, I know it kind of seems weird, but it's it's pretty much to say they're missing each other, you know, in terms of communication, like in, in episode three, Derek is very much trying to let Vic know, this is how you made me feel. This is what's going on. This is what's going on inside me. And the subtext of it all is I'm hurt and I need help. Vic on the same, on the same point is saying the same things. He's saying I'm hurt. I need help, but they're not listening to that stuff. They're just listening to the fact of I'm talking to you, but you're still talking to me, but not listening and hearing what I need you to hear first. So, yeah, they just continuously are missing each other. And sadly, you know, it would be great in that episode if they would have just taken a second to just breathe and then just say, look, we, we we're on different planes. We get this. But how can we find some sort of a path? that we can start going on to come back together. Mm -hmm. And speaking of uh, Vic Stone, uh, Javon, amazing actor, in my, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. Guys, he's awesome. Yeah, that's my brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So when you join the cast uh, for this season, uh, they give you any pointers or anything or anything like that, give you like a welcome, like a, mm -hmm. 
what did they, t- they tell you when you first c- came on the show? Oh, man. En- so enjoy the I- ride? <laughs> Honestly, it was enjoy the ride. Um, I give big credit to our costume, um, head of costume, because right when I got there, she more or less embraced me with a hug mm. and said, welcome, you're a doomy. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a Doomy. It's like, I guess it's, it's it's like, yeah, it's a D in front of the Umi instead of a Goonie and all that good stuff. So I was like, okay, that sounds cool. But to go back to Javan, I mean, yeah, he just set the tone. I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to him, you know, when I got to prep and rehearse with him. Like I said, he is most definitely a brother to me. And in many ways, he kind of not directly, but indirectly let me know I could kind of relax because like you said, coming to such a show with so many things happening and and a wonderful, wonderful fan base and supporters that watch this show so much and are so heavily involved to some degrees, you know, you and this being kind of like my first bigger stint in television and everything overall, more or less, it was just kind of like, all right, I, I want to be able to just carry the baton. You know, I don't want to drop the ball, you know, so on and so forth. So I give a lot of credit to him because he just his presence and how he was maneuvering and how we were rehearsing stuff allowed me to kind of calm down, settle into myself. And then once it was time for us to get on, get on um, set and we were just doing our thing and being around the cast and the crew. I mean, it was mainly just a family and I most definitely was welcome with open arms. It was Pretty seamless, to be honest, you know, just to be able to relate, whether it was some castmates we played backgammon or we're playing on the Switch or, shoot, late nights just doing theater games, you know, just being artists and whatnot. So, yeah, it, it was a, a wonderful time and just a big, big, big family. Like, it, it is very much a family on set as much as it is on screen. That's awesome. This show has amazing characters. Is there one character mm-hmm. that you kind of, hoped you had more seeds with, or maybe in the future you'll have more scenes with? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed um, watching Crazy Jane. Like, yeah, just the idea to have potentially done something with her would have been amazing. You know, with all those personalities, it's like, man, which which person would I end up talking to? Um, you know, those things, like just getting to watch like Larry or um, Robot Man. I'm just like, man, it, it would have been nice. And honestly, like Madame Rouge, like just mm-hmm. watching her. Michelle Gomez is super talented. And I really enjoy just her presence as a person, you know, just being able to see everybody on set and different things. Because a lot of times, really, I was mainly just working with Vic, I mean, Javan. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to get more integrated, but nonetheless to be in the presence was, was cool. The great thing about being on shows like this also, like now you might have an opportunity to do a comic con. Would you jump on that right away? Oh yes. hundred percent. I don't even, yeah. don't have to think twice about that. Yes, 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 yes. Give me give my plane ticket or I'll buy it right now. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going <laughs> to say that. That's why I wanted to ask you. Oh, so, man, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> so now what's next for you now? Any other projects you're allowed to tell us about? That you got coming up or working on 2023 mm-hmm. is it 2023 yeah, is that bigger so t- year yeah honestly I, I think outside of the biggest thing to see how this run goes you know mm-hmm. see how everybody responds to the show the season as a whole and what that does for me 
Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see that part. Um, still, I'm doing, I think I, I just completed a, a reading slash hybrid theater performance with a group that I have. So I do that. I also do improv. I got an improv troupe called A Tribe Called Melanin. And we do shows here in Los Angeles two to three times out the month. So I'm looking forward to getting back to doing some improv with my group. Um, but then on, on top of that, I had done uh, another episode of Winning Time. So for season two, uh, I came in to play. That's kind of why I look like this, kind of looking like I'm in the in the 80s and whatnot. So I look forward to seeing that as well. And honestly, just continuously to audition and see what other world and characters I can I can jump into. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Elijah, lastly, now, how can the listeners, the viewers, uh, find you on social media to keep okay. up with you? Okay, yeah. Thank you so much. My Instagram is Elijah Rashad. Yeah, yeah, my first middle name with an underscore. So, yeah, E-L-I-J-A-H-R-A-S-H-A-D underscore for my Instagram. And anybody that wants to follow me on Twitter, I mainly like and repost stuff. But you can find me at Book of Eli 5. That's my Twitter, Book of Eli 5. Well, that's just great. Uh, thank you for giving me for this today. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I had, a, I had a good time. Man. Yeah, it was really fun. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.